Welcome back to another installment of the Startwell podcast. I think we're up to number 42 or something like that. Uh, you lose track at my age of numbers or something. <laughs> Uh, this time around, I'm in studio with um, the one and only founder, founder, so co-founder, co-founder, of? co-founder, CEO. There you go, CEO. <laughs> so that's why I knew he was of high importance to the organization. Um, Eric from the future of Film Showcase, yeah. FOFs. FOFs. That acronym hasn't been around for a long time, by the way. Like that was only I think that started like I was in my kitchen once like years ago yeah and we were like talking about it and my brother just like randomly he's like so it's like fofs it's like doesn't anybody call it that i'm like that's stupid why would you say no it's future film showcase why would you say fofs and then like somebody else said it in a meeting like literally a few days later and i was like do you think that's cool and they're like yeah i think it's cool i'm like i think we maybe we should do that so it's stuck so it's stuck fofs uh fofs just stuck but uh my brother's listening to this he's you definitely take credit you there you go. It's definitely yours, but <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I like it. Because me on. Yeah, it's a pleasure, man. Yeah, it's a pleasure. It's funny because um, I guess we'll bring our our audience up to speed a little bit on how we met and uh, what Fofs uh, is all about this year and stuff like that. But um, yeah, color the picture a little bit about kind of like the history. Let's just actually let's start with that. Let's start with yeah. what is the history of Fofs? How did you uh, co-found it? Who are your co-founders? What was the like intention to get this thing going? For sure. Um, yeah, I, I, it was. I mean, it's it's a very it's a very interesting origin story. It's like uh, a friend and I. His name is Sean Joshi. Uh, he is now the president of Faye Pictures that runs out of Los Angeles. Um, they celebrate. Um, they celebrate queer content and, and their, um, uh, their slogan is to decolonize Hollywood. Mm. And so, so that's what he's doing now. But him and I were in the York, uh, York university film production program for about four years. And in our first year, we're sitting in, um, his dorm room watching audition tapes for the very first film that he produced. And so we're watching these tapes and, I just go like, what are, where, where are we showing this film when it's, when it's finished? She's like, oh, we'll probably post it to YouTube or Vimeo and, and no offense to anybody who does that. That's great. It's, you're publishing your films Yeah, online. this, this will be on that's, YouTube. Great. Yeah. No, no. And that's, and that's completely fine. <laughs> I'm I, not going to win awards for this interview unless you bring the fire, my friend. <laughs> but, uh, so, so that's what he said he wanted to do. But, um, I was like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, but what, how would you want it like what what about showing it in front of people like showing it in the theater or having some sort of like live in-person screening for it because this was you know it's the first film that he you know i i think they had self-funded and um we were getting actors outside of school and it was like a legit you know our first like sort of legit production and right. um and he's like well what are we gonna do just have like a 15 minute event for one film and i was like well let's just screen a bunch of films like let's screen a whole you know, so let's just screen a whole bunch of films. So we went around the residents of Winters College and we're knocking on people's doors, like knowing they were in films. Like, hey, do you got a do you have a film? They're like, who are you? It's like it doesn't matter. Do you got a film? Do you want to show it in a theater? We're collecting films. And we got almost thirty films. This was when what year was this? I uh, this was uh, uh, 2014. 2014. Twenty fourteen. So about eight years ago. Yeah. So we're so we're on the we're on the uh precipice of our tenth festival nice. next year, which is kind of insane. Um but uh so yeah, we were like knocking on doors, we gathered all these films, they were films 
uh, from filmmakers at York, uh, at formerly known as Ryerson, uh, Humber. Yeah, what's Ryerson called now? Uh, at Toronto Metropolitan <laughs> University, which I think they're going to get confused with like, the University of Toronto. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, University of Toronto, then Toronto Metropolitan, kind of. I don't know, maybe kind of similar. Yeah. Um, so we got we got films from schools across the country. We uh, screened them at, so I worked at the AMC Theater in Vaughan, went to my GM, and I'm like, how would you feel about giving us a theater? And he's like, yeah, sure. And I had this whole pitch planned. I planned like a Yeah, you did the brochure. work. I did the work. And he's just like, yeah, no worries. A week before the event, he calls me. And this is how I find out we got the theater. He calls me and he goes, uh, hey, so I got some bad news. I'm like, oh, shit, is it the screening? He's like, no, 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 you're fine. We're just shutting down five days after your screening. So he's like- Like the whole cinema was going to go bankrupt or whatever. The whole cinema was going to be gutted, yeah. So I worked on that very last day, I remember, as soon as the clock struck eight, like all the managers, everyone came out and just like completely tore the place apart. It was like- I still, I still have that image in my mind. It's really, really um, fascinating. But, but anyway, so they were shutting down. So he gave us everything. He didn't care. He gave us the theater. He gave us, gave, you know, people were buying concessions. It was a whole thing. Mm-hmm. But after that, we went to a bar and w- with only the intention of having it be that one year. We showed the film. That's it. We did our thing. Right. And one guy, you know, and it's funny, I reconnected with him like for the first time in December mm-hmm. since that day. Uh, at the Whistler Film Festival, but that's another story. So, so we we were sitting at the bar and we were like, we were underage at this bar, just like in the same plaza, <laughs> and we're like drinking. And he's like, "How do you guys have drinks?" Also, are you gonna do this again next year? And we're like, "No, like this is no, like what are we? What are you talking about?" And he's like, "I think you should." He's like, "I think you have." Sorry, was there a name for this festival that first year? We had called it. I think we had called it the Future of Film Festival or like the showcase of future, like something like. Future was in there somehow. Future was in there somehow, but our logo was a spiral like paint. It was like this red paint that was just like in a spiral. I don't think anybody has seen that logo aside from like (laughs) people. Can't Google it. Uh, Don't. To Google it because maybe you might pop, maybe it might pop up somewhere in the yeah. dark web. Yeah. Uh, no, I've tried. Oh, oh. <laughs> I've tried deleting every. You, it's now the logo for your illegal arms dealer. Don't search it. Don't. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, but um, yeah, because we just we just put something together quickly, and so he was like, "You should do this again next year." But he's like, "Actually, curate a program." Or mm. you know, we didn't go into too much detail, but. The next year, we just so we ended up opening up submissions on Film Freeway. I think submissions were were free, okay. so we got like over a thousand what submissions from around. Well, it was That's free. There fascinating. Was no, there was no barrier. no, but still, it's like that much yeah. content from yeah. creators coming out of school, right? For the most part, uh, yes, because it was first yeah, time filmmakers, 30, 30 and younger, yeah. So we had filmmakers um, wow. like internationally, everybody submitting. I'm like, we're like, oh my God, we cannot, we gotta, we gotta somehow streamline this. And we're like, you know what? We should just make this Canadian. Yeah. Um, we should just make this Canadian filmmakers and and do it that way. And people weren't paying the submission fee anyway, so they weren't really losing anything by not getting in. So we could sort of make that adjustment as we were collecting. And so we had Canadian festival, you know, or Canadian filmmakers, 30 and younger. We did it at the Fox Theater in Toronto. We got about three quarters of the theater sold out. I think tickets were like five dollars each, um, and that was really just to help, you know, break even on the theater rental. Right. Uh, but even still, we ended up putting in a lot of our own money because we printed posters, we printed uh, tickets, we. 
um, you know, I, I we didn't get any mer- like shirts or anything at the time, but uh, the venue rental cost what it what it did, mm-hmm. um, and the and the former owner of that theater was just like, you guys should do this again, and and, and it's almost like everybody at Everyone's the end like, of that wow. year was like, you, you just don't know gotta, what you're doing, right? And so you're doing a good thing. The the year after that, because I worked well, I worked at a Cineplex at the time, and I just sort of thought, I'm like, what if we brought this to Cineplex? What if we pitched them and you know, me working at Cinemize had absolutely nothing to do with that partnership, but like I was able to at least, you know, ask them about it. And they're like, yeah, and my GM was like, yeah, sure. Let me just, let me give you this guy's contact. Yeah. Good luck getting, getting in touch with him. Hmm. And, and we got in touch with the VP, like the senior VP. And, and uh, I think like the marketing director, and we just sort of sat down in Cineplex's head office. They have like their own food, like their own like food court for the employees. Okay. They have like their own popcorn and their own their own like it's anything any food you see at a Cineplex theater, but like elevated. Oh wow! It yeah, it was great. Like real and, butter. Like real, <laughs> like real butter. And so you we go into this place. The water's free. The water and sparkling water is free too. Ooh, I know. that's like start well. <laughs> exactly. So we sat at this. We sat in front of these two guys. We pitched the festival. And they j- and we had a whole proposal, again, pitch, PowerPoint, the whole thing. They're just like sitting there, like, yeah, yeah, like, all right, let's do it. And we're just like, like seriously? They're like, yeah, let's do it. But they gave us the Canada Square Theater, Young and Eglinton. Okay. So I don't know if you know. So that theater, I know that one, yeah. yeah. So that theater was like they sort of gave that test as like a starter pack. Like, let's see how much you can bring in. Well, they do that with a few different film festivals, right? Like they, well, they, I, f- I feel like yeah. I went to a South Asian film festival there once at Canada Square. Yeah. So it's since, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, I believe it because they, they use that theater. the The way that that theater stayed open was because they had mm-hmm. um, film festivals coming in and a lot of event rentals. So that's, you know, they gave us that theater. Um, but then the third year kind of flopped. It was like just over a hundred people, maybe a little less than that. In terms of attendees, or in terms of attendance, yeah. Oh, wow. So we had about uh, we showcased ten filmmakers. Films were great. Um, we had, I remember at the time, we I can't remember for the life of me how we found this critic, but this critic came in and she was like, "Yeah, you're the the whole festival experience is about like uh, three stars, like three. You guys could do a little better. You could like expand a little bit more." And then she left, and we kind of were like, "Oh well." Maybe this is like, you know, but then filmmakers were coming up to us. They're like, my film in a theater was incredible. Right. My film in front of this community was incredible. Some people had, and I forgot to mention, like in our second year, we had a 14 year old girl play her film at the festival. It was a one minute film about time travel using Toronto's transit system. And the film was incredible. Her first time ever screening, the dad, she used to wash him. Dad came up to me in tears, like, you've made her dream come true you've mm-hmm. like this is the first time she screened anything outside of our house anywhere and so constantly filmmakers were coming up to us like this is great this is great you should keep doing this even the guy that approached us in the bar in the first year was a filmmaker mm-hmm. so when we had this critic come to us and she was like eh, it was kind of okay attendance is okay we sort of got a little we were like a little you know defeated and we yeah were emotional scared. you know yeah, a little tear in the eye yeah because it was like yeah we're just doing this for love why are you hating exactly yeah it's tough yeah and so we went back to cineplex and we said you know these were our numbers these were this was the attendance and they're like they're like what you guys were at yeah you're at the cineplex yeah 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 canada square yeah and Eglinton. you know what let's give you the scotia bank next year i mm-hmm. think that'll and we're just like 
the Scotiabank. Like you're yeah, gonna, so for people outside of you know, Toronto that yes. are listening or watching, yeah. what's the relevance in the geography? Explain why that is so, a different thing. Yeah, so so Young and Eglinton is more uptown. It's a little outside of the city. Canada Square was located directly across from the Cineplex Young and Eglinton, which yeah, is so they're the like, mainstream theater. Right. And so bringing us to Canada Square was sort of an experiment. Then Scotiabank is the most populated theater in the entire province at least and one of one in um like one of the most popular theaters are um within canada yeah for cineplex yeah like for anyone who's never been there it's kind of um i guess now you would say it's very similar to a suburban brand new like multiplex theater in terms of the the show value when you walk in it's like big they have it's, premieres there they have canadian right. premieres for huge films like the, the matrix movies some of the fast and furious movies like like all of the big hollywood films that ever have had toronto premieres have had it at scotiabank mm-hmm. and so this jump to scotiabank was very very unexpected like I couldn't, I couldn't even, I couldn't imagine, and and they sort of laughed it off. They're like, "Well, that's why you got a hundred people at, because you're at Canada Square. You go to Scotiabank. There's, it's more populated. You're gonna have more people there." We go to Scotiabank the next year. We sell out. Wow, what's selling it? Two hundred seat auditorium. Okay. Fourth year. Wow. The fifth year they upgrade us to I think about two fifty between two fifty and three hundred. We sell out. Sixth year they upgrade us to a near four hundred seat theater. We sell out. And we're just, we're just right. And, and, and things are just as naturally are just rising. Like, you know, like we're now selling tickets. We're no longer, we're gathering more sponsors. We're no longer putting our own money into the thing. And I remember that like, you know, in our fourth year, you know, we were on the walkie and, um, Nicole at the time she was, cause the way it was is like our first year started as like a three person festival, mm-hmm. me, Shant and, and another guy, Christoph. Then in our second year, it was like four or five. And then in our third, it just kept growing and growing this like small group of people all from York university. Volunteers, just, I'm guessing oh, for yeah, the most part, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We would, I mean, we would provide some honorariums later on, but for the most part, all volunteer. Um, so selling out, I remember getting that walkie, like mm-hmm. being on the walkie and, and Nicole being like, there's 15 tickets left. I'm like, what? Because not everybody, I mean, it was like 6.30, it started at 7, people were still filing in, so we, we didn't know what it was. And then she's like, there's five tickets left. I'm like, 15, and then like five. And mm-hmm. then I was like, it, it was it was just a remarkable thing and it's just a testament to what can happen when you truly manifest something. And looking back on that now, it's like, it's crazy because now so so like now we're so much larger than than I would have ever imagined because then going into 2019 we had you know just over like about 400 in that theater and then we had about 500 at the after party come out because um uh people who didn't attend the screenings also just came in the after party and then you know we're on a rise and then COVID happened and Mm -hmm. so then it's kind of like how much longer do we really want to keep doing this? Like how much longer can we really sustain something that is a good idea and it's, and it's helped so many filmmakers and we were able even to get, uh, for those who don't know, like a DCP is something like it's a, a very high quality. It's, it's what every film, um, I think they're starting to phase it out now, but it's what every film delivered to a theater is delivered in. Mm -hmm. It's a DCP. It's a, and so we finally got that kind of like a burrito wrapper. For exactly. your film, exactly. It just makes it more delicious. <laughs> I don't know, man. What? Yeah, a no, DCP that's great. Is, yeah, it, but but a DCP is it, is it about a f- 
And it's not a file format. You're just talking about the delivery mechanism. The delivery, yeah. Because, well, what happened was in previous years... It's like a fancy thumb drive. A very fancy thumb drive. Okay. Very expensive thumb drive. That allows but for large files. For large files. Yeah. And it's a high-quality, precise uh, like uh, film screening. So, oh, okay. like, previous years we had films play off of an HDMI, off of a laptop mm-hmm. in Cineplex's projection room, right? 2019, we had a DCP for the very first time. You look at the screen, you're like, holy shit, like... It's, you know, and so the quality just, just increased. And, um, but anyway, so where I'm getting with this is like, we really, there were a few times as anybody with a startup or with an organization has where it's like, you know, you start to think about, you start to weigh out your options and it's like, should we keep doing this? Should we not keep doing this? And we seriously considered closing Hmm. in 2019 and then seriously considered it again when COVID happened because we're, you know, we're a small festival and we need, we need these resources to survive. But then in 2020, um, you know, in March of 2020, the same week that Cineplex locked our dates, they also canceled our dates. Mm-hmm. But then a few months after that, CBC Gem picked us up. And that was just like they cold called you or they did didn't. Well, so we, we, we started pitching to a few networks, but I thought of CBC because um, CBC has attended our festival in the past. They've okay. sent representatives and, you know, they've acquired some films that we programmed. So I'm like, you clearly you like the the programming content. of the festival. You like right. the content come out and 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 join the festival and, and partner with us. So we were the second festival film festival in Canada hmm. to partner with a national broadcaster to bring a festival to life. So we ended up partnering with them in August 2020. Uh again in August, uh, sorry, July uh 2021. And so we increased both the network and the capacity of the festival. Um the network to across Canada and capacity from a one-day festival to a two-week festival where all the content was available on the gem app on, which is the yeah. free CBC in gem. canada cbc yeah. app free with with ads so you could pay like right. five dollars a month to get it without ads and then um yeah and then it's, and then it's free you get like an ad before like a lexus ad before, <laughs> before shout FFS. out to lexus shout apparently. out to lexus yeah eric wants a car um yeah no i love it i pay for the app uh, and yeah. uh and uh, i get all the working moms i want to watch it's Amen. great and it's great yeah, for Canadians, I mean, that's pretty cool because you're right. It's about ubiquity and it's this kind of like non, even though, yeah, you say you're paying for the app, it feels like a non-commercial platform to be on in Canada for Canadians. Well, it's it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's an organization that specifically highlights Canadian content and that's what we're about, right? Is, um, you know, our, our festival up until now has been distinctly, and we ended up, I mean, we ended up adjusting. So it used to be 30 and younger. Now it's 40 and younger. Mm-hmm. But our festival is distinctly Canadian filmmakers and uh, short films by Canadian filmmakers. Um, we have a bit of a surprise this year. We might be, we'll be adjusting that a, lo- a, a little bit, but um, it's all in favor of Canadian filmmakers and how we could also grow the festival. And so, you know, now we're gearing up in 2022, we are gearing up for a hybrid in-person and virtual festivals so we did you know we did in person for six years virtual for two years now we're bringing we're like meshing that together um we have a team of just over 30 people wow it's grown we have an advisory board now um and sponsors and and like you know including our, our partnership with startwell is just so incredible because like you know it, it, partnerships speechless. like these, you're I, speechless. Well, partner- I love that. partnerships like these are are so integral to small businesses and organizations in which people 
are giving their their all to you right. know and every day we we every day we come in and we do the work and we're working with people that are consistently delivering and just trying new ideas mm-hmm. um <clears throat> you know and it would be it would be stupid not to continue and so for for our listeners i think let's just explain a little bit about uh, that context uh you know, for, for how we kind of got to meet each other and, and what our initial dialogue was. It's like, yeah. um, from my memory, from, uh, from what I recall, you know, Foss was, uh, <laughs> looking for a little bit of a home base. Toronto yeah. was slow for anyone outside of Canada and outside of Ontario. Toronto was pretty slow coming out of the pandemic, uh, getting over the fear factor. We're still obviously dealing with it all over the world, but, yeah. um, this post pandemic reality and trying to rethink events and think about hybrid formats and stuff, uh, here on campus, we had been awake for some time and people were trickling back into our doors for co-working yeah. and meetings and events and all the other studio productions, and all the stuff that we were doing. Yeah. Uh, so Eric reached out and said, hey, uh, we would love to work together to have a place to work uh, yeah. and bring our team together uh, so we can actually kind of, you know, work with, with each other. And feel like a community again. Right. You and Because ultimately, I mean, it's leading up to a couple months out, uh, the event happening in person. And also, yes, again, through the Gem app. Through, yeah. So, so what will happen is uh, we'll have in-person events and stuff. Um, still at Scotiabank and then um, on the on CBC Gem virtually. The and films then, will be on CBC Gem. And it, uh, we're talking about doing the closing events and then the here, closing, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I'm not sure how much I can I can reveal yet. But You're the CEO, man. <laughs> you make the decisions. I make the law. I I, I lay down the law. Um, yeah. So so in person and in person events at of course Startwell uh, Studios as well as um, as well as Scotiabank and then uh, sort of coupling that amongst the 10 days with uh, virtual screenings of just the films on CBC Gem. Right. So people will sort of, so there's a little bit of a festival map happening here because we have um, a few different locations now and uh, like even Actra, like we're having a um, like a casting panel and workshop that we're bringing back and we're nice. going to have that at, with, with Actra Toronto. And so like we have a few different locations now and again, like, each partnership that we have and every, you know, um, like I don't even want to consider it a, a sponsorship. I, I always consider it a partnership because we always want to make sure that whomever we're working with, it's it's mutually beneficial and we're, we're bringing our audiences together. That's what we did. You know, Cineplex wanted to get young people back in the seats of movie theaters. They mm-hmm. understand that there is a slow decline of this next generation going to the cinema to watch things rather than torrenting it or streaming it, right? Mm-hmm. So bringing both of our resources together, their space, our audiences combined, um, you know, bringing more Canadian content to CBC Gem, you know, making more people aware of this beautiful co-working space that you have here in this community. Thank you. That you're building. Um, and so what I remember from our conversation, and this is something that no other person I've really spoken to has is like, you're like, you know, we like we brought out a deck and, and all this stuff. You're like, forget the deck, forget the sponsors. Just who are you right. and what do you need and, and how can we sort of make this work? And I was like, this guy's in. <laughs> like this guy. No, but like seriously, like you you understood from the get-go. You're like, you know, this th- these guys have something at the start. They have something to to show. Yeah. You know, let's let's remove all the all the verbiage and all the and all that and let's just talk strategy and talk about how this could work for us. Yeah. You it's know? part of the ethos of the company, my company. Yeah. Like, you know, in the startup bent and, and a lot of our audience are, are from that community are, are entrepreneurs and, and tech startups particularly. Um 
you know, I'm always saying to people that there's this kind of like problem. I think it's a North American problem particularly, but we get into this like packaging mode. Everything needs to be packaged packaged really well to yeah. be understood. And then, I yeah. mean, it goes also to your point about the, the cinemas having a tough time, you know, filling seats. A lot of it is this kind of like synonymity people feel like because of the way it's marketed, yeah. uh, that experiences are translatable. Like a film can be watched on your phone. Well, yeah, it can. But it's not the same experience. What it is is like a screening. And obviously there are so many different versions in which you can see a film. I think recently Avatar 2, it's like they're announcing like I think eight or ten different ways Hmm. you could watch the movie in in 24 frames 2D, 24 frames 3D, 48 frames. It's just like, you know, so, so, so the plethora of options that people have now to watch films is enormous. Sure, fine. But you don't get that sense of community mm-hmm. and that sense of that that cathartic feeling and emotional resonance of like you know experiencing something in a with a group of people that oh, yeah. collective viewing experience. And what if we did that for short films, short films that wouldn't might not otherwise be seen right. if not on the national scale we're providing them. Um, and it's and it's Startwell that's helping engage those communities, right? And and we haven't even really begun because it's only like it's only oh, yeah. it's only may and we still have another month month and a half until the event we haven't even you know brought out the full team here yet like we're still you know settling in and, and getting going mm-hmm. um but that excites me like i remember you know last year i had and i was working with new people some of whom i still have not met okay that only let's say worked for the 2021 festival um you know, and, 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 and some who like, you know, still aren't working, like aren't working with us this year, but it's sort of like, I just like, I can't wait to meet you. You know, like our accessibility director works in Ottawa. I can't wait to, to meet her finally. Right. And, you know, she'll be traveling to Toronto for the festival. But, but aside from that, you know, I had our admin team, we had not met in person for seven months, Mm. you know, just working virtually, then meeting in person. I felt like I was meeting celebrities. Right. So it was like, Oh my God, like you just been, in, you know, and, and I think that's so interesting, like mo- just moving aside from the festival and Star Wars for a second, it's just like in general, like the way we've been communicating over the last two years and just virtual. Yeah. Some of it like some, you know, we don't really know what the person looks like in, in person, in, in yeah. the flesh, just being there. Well, I mean, this is you the know? weird thing, right? This is the weird, weird thing about packaging. I call it that. I mean, it could be five million different descriptors that you could use. But the idea that like when you have a linear narrative to something, you know, like a way to interface with a person, content, whatever it is. Um, and you rely on the means of communication. You rely on that method of communication because yeah. it's like it's owned. It's in your hands. It's digital. Yeah. It's on or off. You know, you feel like relationships become on demand, all that stuff. Yeah. There's so much stripped out of the experience. And, and, and yeah, so it's a really interesting thing to come out of this pandemic, start living through the next few months of bringing people together in person to produce an in-person event. Yeah. And then hopefully something, you know, that we can collaborate on post event, of course, of course. Um, yeah. is this idea of also community making amongst the filmmaker community. Of course, we're in Toronto, so we'll be talking about people here that make films yeah. and how they can create a peer group because it's interesting. I mean, like what, is your experience talking to filmmakers that show at the festival about um, that 
kind of feeling of of showing to their peers you know like everyone presenting is yeah. presenting for the first time right yeah i mean well what we what we found as the festival has grown is we're you know we're gathering more and more films from filmmakers uh, who have not shown the films anywhere. So like in the past, you know, obviously people are still getting to know us and still getting to know the festival. We're not, ne- we weren't necessarily, you know, the premier destination for short films four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, the program is almost entirely comprised of films that people in Toronto at the very least have not seen yet, mm-hmm. which is incredible. And some of them even world premieres, like, no other because normally you know we people go through like the tier a festivals the sundances the tiffs the um you know the fantasias and all that then they then they sort of make their way down but as a short film mm-hmm. people are starting to look at us and say oh well i want to premiere there first i think it's you know? really interesting i think the time that we're in now for short films is fascinating because people's attention spans are short you know <laughs> the point. idea yeah. that like yeah. Uh, what do people call them in the industry? I think like di- like if in the content industry, it's like digestibles or something. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, like, like the- ten second, thirty second, like digestible content or something. People right. That can just you know scroll because if you think about it, like you know, I was in I was in a theater. Um, uh, I I can't remember the movie now. And we were watching the credits were rolling up, and everybody was, oh, it was a well, it was a Marvel movie. It wasn't, it wasn't Spider Man. It was Eternals. I think it was Eternals. Mm. Movie doesn't matter. But I was in. I, people, everybody was still seated for the credits because of the because of the end credit scene. And there was a guy in front of me that you know wasn't watching the credits, just on Instagram. And all he was doing just swipe, 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 mm. swipe, swipe, not watching anything. It's mm. almost like they just like this person just needs the. The, um, dopamine. The, the dopamine of of flashy videos and photography yeah. just 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 vomiting at their face, you know. So if somebody's doing that, like, and you could think like, you know, how many of us, you know, have tried posting an Instagram photo on our story, like, oh, we got to be right. Like, hold on, let me retake that. Hold on, like, can, mm-hmm. can we do this? A lot of People work are scrolling. Goes yeah, 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 scrolling. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's this kind of like uh, discommissarate. Wait, what, the, what would be the word? Discommissarate? Is that an actual word? Non-commissarate. I've never heard of that word. The idea of, yeah, I mean, like, there's basically a a false match there between this kind of, like, the audience reaction. Right. And the engagement with the content. Like, they're getting kind of more than what they engage with. Okay. uh, Is the idea. Uh, Aside from critiquing social media, I think, yeah, it's. I think it's kind of like whether it's become habitual for some people or otherwise it's about busier day schedules and people hustling and bustling uh, or when you work exclusively online as has happened for the first time for a lot of remote workers now right um you know people trying to squeeze things in here and there a little bit of like entertainment while i'm eating my lunch before i get back on this call yeah. whatever it is i think people are yeah they're primed for this kind of short format well, and what was what was interesting is that like even it's like tracking back to fofs for a second it's like when we were building these virtual festivals we had I felt like it was like we were starting from scratch. Mm -hmm. Nothing that we've done before in previous years mattered anymore. It was how could we get people to watch virtually? The virtual platform, entirely new territory. Right. And we had some people, we had some people leave. Like we had, you know, hey, this isn't what I really signed up for, you know. In terms of the production team. In terms of, yeah, I mean, like just some of the, some marketing and, and especially because like, because we were pushing the festival now in 2020 from May to August, people could not just extend contracts for another, 
you know, three, four or five months. Like they couldn't, like they didn't have the capacity for that, which is completely understandable. Um, but we were starting from scratch. Right. And so I keep bringing it back to this collective experience because it's like even the guy just, you know, scrolling and swiping through on his Instagram stories. Imagine having a room or like a cinema where people had to sit there mm-hmm. and they, I mean, you could, you don't have to do anything. You can get up and leave, but you'll trip sure. over seven people and you kind of don't want to do that. And you'll just wait till I mean, the, the IMAX at Scotia, you're sitting in the middle, you're, yeah. you're, you're fucked. Yeah. So, you know, having people just sit there and sit in an uncomfortable scene, sit in something comedic, you know, and everybody's watching, all eyeballs are there, but we do that with short films. We do that with Canadian short films, short films about weird topics, short films about hilarious topics. Um, And I'm just so excited to get back to that again. Oh yeah. No, I'm sure, I'm sure people who are watching this that have known the festival for a few years or otherwise are fans of short films will agree. I mean, I think particularly short films are always amazing to share with someone. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're, they're typically, they have to pack a punch, you know, whether it's a little twist, a little surprise, some sort of emotional response. There has to be a hook. Yeah, there has to be a hook, and it's always something nice to share with someone else for sure, whereas a, a long-form yeah. thing has five or a hundred hooks, and, you know, it's really just about kind of keeping your eyes glued to the screen as well in some way. Yeah. Um, Something I didn't ask you, which might be a, a nice kind of like a tie together for the conversation is your festival is called the future of festivals showcase. So what do you think the future of, sorry, fe- a future film. of film showcase. Film showcase yeah. What is the future of film? Like what, uh, or what insights do you have into what that is? Well, I think like, you know, a big thing for us is even in, <clears throat> you know, in designing our program and, um, designing our program and designing the festival as a whole, it's almost like we hold ourselves accountable to what we feel the future of film looks like. And in this case, the future of Canadian film mm-hmm. looks like, and we're getting that and we're running with it. And we like, and we really hold ourselves true to that. So, you know, the future of, <clears throat> is it just of- about young filmmakers or is it about, you know, emerging production technique and thematic content? Well, and- we're, yeah, like we're expanding through our industry programming, um, including workshops we'll hold at, at Startwell where it's like, how can we, you know, there are so many, there are an influx of, of festivals in Toronto. There are, there are several, several festivals, a lot of which are doing very similar things. How do we stand out? What are we doing that people are going to, are, grasp onto and and what our sort of mission there is you know supporting films emerging canadian filmmakers that's fine but our industry program and our professional development opportunities what are we doing through those opportunities that are actually that actually have people learning Mm -hmm. and growing and 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 teaching them more about things like the business of film and television and how to market your films and like uh through our casting workshops and our panels like what is it about acting or what is it that Canadian um, or, or sorry, casting directors, I should say, are looking for in an audition or in a self tape or, or, or whatnot. Um, and that's what we're trying to do here is, you know, we're trying to build these opportunities for our audiences and for our filmmakers that sort of like, you know, can come together collectively and learn something. Mm-hmm. You're not just going to FOFS and speaking on FOFS in particular, you're not just attending FOFS and like hoping to, Oh, you see the screenings. Okay. Let's just go home. You know, like I've been to festivals that I've screened at sometimes where, you know, you do, you walk in, there's like a communal sushi platter on the table. You screen your film and you go home. Right. You know, there's no use in that for me. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's, it's sometimes it's not even always about the films. It's really like, 
what kid filmmakers who aren't even screening at our festival. We only accept like we have a very short window and, and like, you know, we're looking at expanding that over time, um, you know, but we can only really accept between like 12 to 14, 15 films. Mm-hmm. Right. And, mm-hmm. and out of the hundreds that are being submitted to us, you know, there are a lot of filmmakers whose work doesn't get in. What are they getting out of this experience now? You know, why should they attend their fe- our festival if their film's not being screened? That's why, you know, mm-hmm. our professional development opportunities, our industry programming that is constantly evolving and like actively engaging with people and their, um, uh, you know, their abilities to learn. Essentially. I think having experienced the um, the Cannes Film Festival myself, yeah, I think like that aspect of the kind of a not just like a buyer's market or a, you know that that kind of like. Um, retail side of the industry who's going to buy the film after it's screened who's going to pick it up quickly yeah. you know that aspect is is entirely different than the community aspect of filmmakers getting together and celebrating film together sure. yeah. and filmmaking and getting to know each other and like but i think you need out. to integrate that yeah. a little bit though yeah. right because i think like i went to i went to york university I, I mentioned before for film production for four years we didn't get in my opinion, a a great deal of knowledge on the business of film and television, Mm. how to market your film, how to make that step from shorts to features, how to make this work sustainable. Mm -hmm. Film is not sustainable. Like, I mean, it can be for sure, but when you're starting out and everything and you're learning how to make them, that's all great. And I remember, you know, being like a second year student and being very excited about this entire world of creation. But at the same time, it's like, how are you actually forging a path a career path how are mm-hmm. you actually making something of yourself and um so i think it's important to integrate that business aspect and that marketing aspect with the creative and the fun and the collective experience and all that um you know and a lot of that content will come from knowledge sharing you know and it comes from that kind yeah. of peer mentorship that yeah that is like great you know when it happens spontaneously but also great when it happens in a format that enables people to engage like, right. it's okay to watch a YouTube video and post in the comments, but if you're at a festival and a discussion panel and you can go up to the people who, who are talking in after person. and yeah. ask them more questions and yeah. build your network because yeah. now you have friends that you can ask these things to because you exchange emails, it's great. Yeah. So yeah. it's quite exciting that you guys are, are pursuing this and growing and growing the programming element of Thank you. of the festival outside of just screenings. Of course. Um, it's super exciting. Thank you. And even as a, as a filmmaker, cause I'm a director and a, and a producer myself. And a lot of what I wrestled with when I was younger is like, you know, and, and some great advice that I've gotten in the past is like, it's important to show up. It's, you know, it's important, like, you know, to take that lunch or to take that coffee. And sometimes you may not want to, you may not want to give out of bed in the morning. And like, I, I resonate with that. Like, believe me, I, I, I do, but I, but I think there is a value to getting up and, and making that first step and actually, you know, going to that festival, even if you just go and just sit, you know, mm-hmm. just sit down, you don't have to go to any parties or whatever, but like try to try to get there because that's what's going to make yourself known. You know what I mean? Like sitting in front of a computer all day, you know, it's not, it's not going to, it's not going to get you there. Like film is built, it, film is a business of relationships. It's a business of relationships between people. If, if you know, if you're not meeting new people and actively trying to, you know, forge new connections, it's, I don't know if it's going to work out in the way that it would if you did do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why, you know, Whistler, uh, like even for Whistler, like that coming up for me personally, it was just like, 
a really weird time because, you know, we were going into lockdown again soon. And I, you know, I, I don't know if I had really had the funds to, to, to make it to that festival, but you know, I ended up going, I ended up meeting, uh, re reuniting with that guy that at the bar in mm. our first year of FOFS, he okay. was, we were at a party and he comes up to me and he's like, Hey, I'm like, Hey, he's like, you know me. I'm like, do I? And he's like, I'm, you know, I'm that guy. I was sitting at the bar. I was looking at you. You're, you're 18 years old drinking this beer in this, in this bar. <laughs> like, what are you doing? You got to keep going and right. you got to keep doing this. And it was very, it was very an emotional, emotional moment. Um, and I ended up meeting another director. I ended up, um, his name's Kashif and I ended up producing his film in Toronto in April. Um, but that being said, it's like, had I not gone to that festival, I would not have reunited with this guy. And he really just like reignited that spark, mm-hmm. you know, reignited that spark in, in the festival. And, um, and that's what I love about emerging creators and people coming up is like, you know, there's this understanding that, you know, there is light above, you know, there is, there is a light beyond the horizon and, you know, you can sort of, you know, pull through and, and continue. And if I've learned anything from doing this festival, it's that, it, it's that in itself, right? If it, you know, we were thinking of, of shutting down a few times and it was like, but we just, we just kept going. And, and that being said, it's not, it's not just easy to say we just kept going because a lot of people have put like countless hours into this thing and, and often for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess like, you know, me sort of being in a way like the face of this thing and, and everything. There are so many people behind me that work on this thing. Like it's incredible. And, and, and any success that I've ever had personally and professionally, but also with this festival has been on the backs of people, um, that have worked for us and then have, and then have done it, you know? Um, any final notes for people that would want to, as they've heard this conversation or watched it, um, get involved with the festival uh, and, and any particular, you know, types of contribution that you guys are always looking for or otherwise for next year that you're, you've got your eyes out, um, eyes yeah. open for. Yeah. So um, I guess by the time this is released, we'll have just put out our call for volunteers for the festival. So every year or uh, when we were in person, we, we, um, we put out a call for volunteers and you could work on the ground in theater. You could, you could be at any of our, at our after party venue or any of our, um, sort of industry industry areas. Uh, so you can go to fofs.ca or you could follow us at Future Film Show on socials. Uh, so we're putting out a call for volunteers there. Uh, submissions for the festival usually open in the fall. Uh, so you can keep in touch with our socials and, and fofs.ca for all of that information. Um, and then the festival itself will be launching in June, in mid-June. So uh, just uh, stay tuned for that. Cool. Um, I want to end by asking you if there are any particular uh, lessons you would tell yourself or, or, or tips that you'd give yourself looking back at that 18-year-old self, 18-year-old Eric getting this thing going, uh, now eight years on. Yeah. Um, that might be useful to people that are like kind of like not just producers or directors, people that want to work in the industry, but um, you know, anyone kind of undertaking some sort of creative project and, and thinking of it not as something that has legs or it was just fun for a moment. Um, what would you say to yourself, 18 year old Eric? Um, I'd say take it easy. That's what I'd say. I think when I was younger, I put a lot of pressure on specific moments specific people, um, specific sort of events that 
I needed to have happen. And so, you know, if we had a certain sponsor that couldn't, that couldn't support us, or we had someone, a person I wanted to work with who couldn't be on the team, like, you know, a lot of, I would, I would, I would sort of not even blame myself, but I would, I would really like, you know, there'd be a lot of stress surrounding, surrounding those things. And, and if there was any advice that I'd, I'd really give myself is really just to, just to take it day by day and be appreciative for the present, be appreciative for who's here now. Um, because at the end of the day, anything we've ever done are from people who have been present with the festival in that time. Um, you know, and it's all, it's all journey. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And that's the thing, right? As you get older, you realize is like life can be as busy as you want it to be. Uh, but then you never take time to, uh, to kind of like enjoy the process as well. Right. Enjoy the process. Enjoy, enjoy the moment. Right. Um, and on that note, this moment's over. Um, no, no. I mean, look, I know you've got yeah. you've got something to get to, but it was fantastic taking time to chat. Yeah. Thank you for joining me on the Startwell podcast. Of course. And uh, as things progress with the festival, maybe we'll do a little like uh, a vlog, you know, with you guys planning and leading up to the event or I, something. Yeah, that'd be that'd be cool, right? That'd be fantastic. Uh, so stay yeah. tuned for anyone interested in the journey of producing the 2022 FOFs. Uh, and uh, if you want any information on starting your own festival in your own country, in your own region, anything like that, uh, Eric already dropped those uh, links that you can... Uh, FOFS.ca. There you go. And, of course, get in touch with Startwell uh, through the website, and uh, we'll bounce messages over to these guys as you need them done. All right? Wonderful. Thanks. Thank you.